When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Austin, Texas. Welcome back to B&E. Bucky Godbold here with you. Zay Collier here. Ty Henderson here. E. Hogan. He's got some, uh, some surgery on his eye he wants to get done today, and he's getting that done. and Some cataract stuff. You know, you, you, know, you just turned 50. All these little weird things start happening. You know, Ty knows that for sure, because I, I see the doctor every other week. I've got to go get something done. <laughs> In April, i got about three or four visits. Got to Got to get that final... Push. Dr. Jellyfinger. Final one for me. I will be getting my colonoscopy done next month. You know, it's Men's Health Awareness Month. You guys need to, if you haven't done that, and you, you're a young guy, start thinking about it. I ain't it. that young. Huh? I ain't, ain't that, that young. young. I, I hit 30. I ain't that young. No, you're not that young, but I, I'm going to get it done, get it done for my, as I tell my doctor for the last time, and the doctor says, until your wife, when you hit 70, tell you you're going to go one more time. I said, well, you're probably right, because I do have a boss. There ain't that ain't no lie. Yeah, I got a boss. She so. runs the show, and I pretend like I do it, but and I run this body. No, nah, no, nah, she operates this body. I'm like the robot. She pushes all the buttons. Yeah, I just go, I just go in the direction. But say thank you for coming in this morning. I appreciate it. Um, Monty would have joined us because he loves being on the radio with you. It's not me. He likes hanging out with you. I love Monty too. That's my guy. Man, oh Jurassic Monty and Ty. Thank you once again too for the great job that you do. And I got to have a special shout out to her. Guy over there in Westlake, Calvin Chiraldi and his family. I'd like to say hello to them. Calvin's got a new book out. I think it's called In the Arena or Man in the Arena. It's a fabulous book. I've got it. I've read it. And uh, it's kind of a tell-all about his, about Calvin's life and, you know, his journey from, from pitching at uh, Westlake High School, being a basketball player, to UT, to uh, the Boston Red Sox, which I was not a big fan of being a Yankees fan of Calvin, but... I'm I'm pretty close with him, and and I I, I love his journey, and I love the way he talks about his relationship with his father and and the things that he wanted to do and how his father father kind of molded him, you know, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, but he molded him nonetheless, you know, like all of our fathers will have done, Ty, and you know it well. So whether it's good or it's bad, they mold us. So that's a part of our fiber, and you can't – it's people like to hide away from it, can't hide from that, can't hide away from dad, no matter if dad's with you or not. That's one thing that for dudes, you can't hide away from that. It's just not. Yeah. Every, everybody in, in some ways becomes their dad. Even if you look in the mirror, eventually you go, damn. Oh, no. <laughs> you see it? I see that dude. <laughs> it just happens. It's just a weird thing. It just, and it happened. It could happen early in age and it could happen later in your life. But eventually you look in the mirror and, mirror and go, oh, no. I'm looking at the old man. Yeah. How's that possible? Oh, I'm a grown-ass man out now, and every time I'm out, people still call me Lil CC. Do they? People still call me Lil CC. It's getting bad now because I'm on radio, and people kind of know my name a little bit, but I'm still Lil CC. I'm fine with that. Love my pops. Proud of him. Proud of what he's done You know, in the city of Austin. I'm glad Absolutely. he's enjoying retirement. But yeah, yeah. I, every morning, looking look in the mirror, I'm like, yep, that's him. I've been seeing it 
30 some years. But I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Calvin out there and, and hopefully he and his family are doing well and he continues to have some great success because he's a he is a good man. And Ty, I know you don't know much about him over because uh, you're way, way too young to know about Calvin Schiraldi, but that dude was a star, not only in, in baseball, but basketball over at Westlake. When did he, when was oh, he at Westlake? It had to be in early, I'm going to say mid-80s probably. He could know my dad possibly. He probably, he probably does. And I'm probably making him too old. He's probably going to call up this show and send a, or one of his buddies is going to send a message that Buck, no, no, no. It was earlier than or it was later than that, but I like him. I, I like him. He's a good man. We talk pretty often about some some life things, and and to uh, to all of the folks who have been involved in my um, in my mullet open tournament. The mullet open Zay is sold out. Done. I mean, it's really been I'm done. not surprised. Uh, it's been done, but both tournaments on Thursday and Friday are done. And of course, to to the wonderful folks at Tito's, I got to give much thanks because they've been there through the through the, the first mullet open all the way to number 22 coming up, also Academy Sports and Outdoors. Some new joiners, some new folks joining them. Uh, ABC Home and Commercial Services are now a part of it. That group over there are part of it. And uh, Lost Pines and the Hyatt out there, thank you very much for having us come out again because we haven't destroyed anything for the last 10 years out there. That's but we, good. But, we, you know, this golf tournament has been all over the city. It was at Gray Rock before it was uh, the new name came in. We've been to the hills of Lakeway. You know, we've been every place but Horseshoe Bay, and we may end up there at the end. <laughs> I think but when, so when somebody told me, he said, so when is the end going to be? I said, probably when my end comes, that's that's when it's going to be. That's what well, I was gotta told. you got to pass the torch at that point. I'm passing the torch to y'all. I'm going to screw that thing up. <laughs> I don't want it. Uh-huh. I don't want that responsibility. You want that food. That's what you want. I'm, I'm definitely coming to eat. That's for sure. I don't play no golf, but that barbecue, can't miss that. Yeah, Hey City Store is doing the Thursday event, Burger Time. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. You know? I've been hearing about that bacon jamber. Oh, it's oh, you haven't had it yet. No, that's what's happening. Oh, that's happening on, on Thursday out there, and then of course Wayne Miller, uh, Louis Miller Barbecue will be out there for Friday's event. And I'll say this: if you if you haven't become a sponsor, this is the fiftieth year for the Burke Center for Youth, where there's thirty two boys that are there twenty four seven, and they have to be there, and they are wards of the state, and this this place is celebrating their fiftieth year this year. The Burke Center for Youth will take care of these young boys, so. These are young boys you want for people to take care of because you don't – some of them you probably definitely don't want to meet on the streets. You want them to be educated, ready for life, and this place gets them prepared for life. And they've had some struggles throughout their lives academically, mentally. They've been destroyed in ways that through their no, no fault of their own, this place has taken Stephen and the folks there have taken good care of them. So if you're ever interested in what can I ever do for the Burke Center for Youth, um, just – all you have to do is go out to Driftwood, where, where my good friend Tito Beveridge has now made that. That's one of his life goals is to help those kids out there. And Tito can help them. And believe me, he has the means. Right. But he is a good person. And I want to thank him. And as I said, some of these wonderful sponsors like the Brown family, Budweiser. You know, Zay, that is quite a day out there. Yeah, it is. It's a fun day. It's for a great oh. cause, and yeah, you've done a great job over these last twenty-something years. And it's been an awful lot of fun doing that. It's been fun for me to do it. It's six months of the year for me. Every year for twenty-two years, that's what I do. I gather stuff, and you know, for for my friends out there in Dripping Springs, of course, uh, they they've done some. Uh, I, the folks out in Dripping Springs have been really, really special too. Uh, and helping me out and getting some of the things done. Have you ever played? I've never played. You've never in played it. in it, have you? No, I've never. No, this is it's shaking hands and making friends, right? And that's that's all that's about. So, 
And as I said, if you're if you if you if you have never been involved, if you have koozies or things like that, knickknacks that you want to go into the to the gift baskets that I make with, that have a bunch of Tito's in them, because you see all that Tito's up there. Zach. Oh yeah. You know, I I if you've got a koozie that you, you want to represent, uh, I don't care if it's your law firm or your business, let me know. But I need at least a hundred of them. I need at least a hundred. I can't have like three and stick them in like seventy baskets. So got to have at least a hundred of those. And I, I would, if you want to do that. You can, you're welcome to publicize what you do, pens or whatever you want to do. That would be fabulous. We, we'd love to have you as a part of that. Say the Texas Longhorns uh, tonight, that is, um, there are a lot of things going on in this city. You're going to have good weather this weekend, by the way, folks. The weather will be, there's some chances of some showers through and through, whether it's if you're headed out to, to ACC to watch the golf, which is absolutely fantastic. I've been obviously watching that. Uh, tournament basketball, baseball at the University of Texas. Now that is a, that's a game tie. That's a, is that an eight o'clock tell tonight? You said seven thirty. Seven thirty is seven thirty tonight. Pitch. First pitch, so we'll have that. Uh, Ball don't lie. Harge and Rod and the gang they're out at Golffinity, uh, doing their broadcast. So if you want to watch golf, you can watch golf right there at Golffinity and get your swings in with those guys. Their show is there. Craig is in Kansas City, correct? Yes. Yep. Craig and Jeff. And Jeff. Jeff made his way there. Yep. Jeff's there. What do you do? Did he walk there? What does that mean? He flew like everybody else. Okay, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you, <laughs> sometimes you get some exercise and do some things. So Jeff is going to be there today. We are here. Uh, Zay, yourself and Chad, you're in studio today? Yep, we're in studio. Cool. Long uh, day of radio, baby. It's a long I day. I love it. I know. You know, if you ever need me, I'm there. But you don't oh, yeah. call on me because... I have a doctor's appointment. I have a lot of doctor's appointments. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot going on. You can, you can ask Bucky. But. Yeah. yeah, he might be busy. Oh, no, I yeah. show. I show. Yeah, I, usually yeah, I get an hour in or so. I do stuff for hardball. Hard. Old Blue Chew himself. I do some stuff with him. I enjoy it. And as I said, we're, we're missing Monty today. So we didn't give you old man radio. We gave you an old man and some young man radio today. So I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate uh, all you folks listening today and appreciated you for an awful lot of years, and I'm very, very thankful for having the opportunity to do this with you. But uh, as I said, a lot going on this weekend. Time for baseball, little baseball talk, and for football, as a matter of fact. Yeah. we got the coaches clinic and stuff going on. Yeah, how's that go from former coach? What's that weekend like? It's, it's, it's good to gather all the, the high school coaches from all over the state will come in. They get a chance to uh, – back in the day, you would welcome into your meetings – on a Friday, if you're getting ready to meet with your, your players before you go out to practice stuff, coaches will come into your meeting, sit in the back, just observe you coaching, talking about football, getting the game plan down for the day of what's happening at practice, and then they go out with you. And you welcome those guys into your drills. You know, a lot of times they sit you off to the side. You're far away at places. But at, when I was at UT, we'd bring you in there close to, to what I was doing when I was working on seven-man sled with the running backs. <laughs> coaches going, what the hell is this guy doing on a seven-man sled with his running backs? Believe me, running backs hated it too, but it worked out all right. So, but you bring them into to your group, your group meetings. You bring them into certain parts of practice. I think tomorrow, they've had enough practices. They're probably going to scrimmage tomorrow, whether it's a little inside drill, some goal line stuff. They're, they want to show those coaches a little physicality at practice. That that'll probably happen. I got to believe that tomorrow. And obviously, there's a lot of coaches that want to see what Sark is doing offensively. You know, they're coming here to to see. They're coming here. They're they're not necessarily coming to see what the quarterbacks are doing, but they want to see what Sark has in, in, in line with his passing game because that's the key thing that they got to get done this spring. they got to find out who their leaders are, and they got to find out what their passing game is going to be like 
and it doesn't matter to me who your quarterback is. It really doesn't matter to me. Damn, just, it don't matter who the quarterback is? It doesn't matter to me. If you're, if you're quarterback and, and you're down in the passing game, does it really, really matter if the ball gets there? No. Don't. You've got to catch the ball once it gets there, though. Yeah, I mean. That's what I'm more worried about. Yeah, but, but they're fundamentals of, of how this passing game needs to go because they're, they, they've got some things that they have to get done because they're, they're not going to have that, produ- that production out of the backfield. I, nobody's just coming back and doing what Roshan and Bijan have done for the last two years. It just, it just doesn't happen that quickly. Now, they may have a super stud coming in as a freshman, but it's going to take him some time. He's not walking right in and starting to play and get, get you 150 and do some things and, and make everybody afraid of him in game one or game two. He's got he's to get his bearings on coming from high school to playing at this level. He may be a great one in high school, but not all the great ones in high school come back to this level as age. It's like basketball, and all of a sudden you're special. Right. You know, now, you get, now you have a chance if you're special. Yeah, C.J. Baxter, it's going to be interesting because we know Jonathan Brooks is still recovering from the hernia and this week. And he'll be fine when he counts. Yeah, he'll be fine. We still don't know what Keelan Robinson is in this offense. Jaden Blue, don't know what's going on there. And then, you know, Savion Red and stuff. But with C.J. Baxter and him coming in, when will that wall hit? Because usually the freshman wall, it happens. And we didn't see it for Ricky. Cedric Ricky Benson. had a year where he was getting ready to go home. Just straight up go home. I'm gone. <laughs> That's I'm gone. what I'm saying. I don't, know like... if, I don't know if Major made him mad or taking his girl. Wait, or they had beef then? Oh, was they... Major even on the squad then? He Dude, wasn't on the team no, then. No, not just third, okay. third year. Yeah. but I, I, No, he just was, you know. Homesick so, from California. He was homesick. He was homesick. He wanted to go. He wanted to go back. He wanted to go visit his mom. He wanted to go see his friends in San Diego. He wanted to, hand, you know, just hang out. He just missed that whole California groove or whatever the hell it was. Right. But uh, I mean, and he was dead up going. I mean, like, bye, Buck. I'm like, uh-uh, nope, can't do that. <laughs> if I had to get on the plane and get back out to California again, do some some over recruiting, I'll do that. But you can't you can't just go home. How'd man. you convince him to stay? Or what was it? What else did it take to convince him to stay? Oh, you just had to talk to him. Yeah, you know, Ricky was a, a bunch of sit downs with him. Just sit down and just talk to him. You know, Ricky didn't have a dad in his life. Right. You know, we just talked about our fathers and what you look like and stuff. Well, he really didn't have much of that in his life. Ricky was around all women. Mm. Women. <laughs> Mom and two sisters. That's that's how he kind of grew up. Right. You know, so he didn't have that. He didn't have that father figure around him. And uh, he had, but he just needed to sit down. He didn't, you know, if, if you could corral him and get him down in a one-on-one, it was good. It was good to go. Because if he told you he understood or okay, it was going to be okay. I mean, it's very similar to when he said, I'm coming to Texas. And everybody around me said, you're not coming to Texas. He's going to Notre Dame or somewhere else where. Yeah, who he, else was on his list? Everybody. Well, obviously. But, like, did you, like, have a top five? You know, all these guys. One of the top ones. One, one of the top. Schools on his list was San Diego State. That's right. Because he was right there. That's and he made right. a last visit to San Diego. On his last recruiting trip, when, when the word was, he ain't coming, Buck, you, you just know. I and said, Marshall Falk was currently there. Yeah, he right? said, yeah, and he, wanted, he said, I'm coming. He, he, the first time I met him, he said, I'm coming to Texas. That's all I needed. I said, I, I'm going to trust it that you are. And he said, I'm not visiting any place. But towards the middle, he said, I want to go to San Diego State on that last weekend because I want to help their recruiting. I'm from San Diego. If I show up on campus, it's going to do something for San Diego State. Just me showing up as a recruit is going to do something for them. And I said, that's He was cool. thinking like that at 18? Yeah. 
Wow. And I said, that's cool. I said, this is, this is, this is your, you know, it's, it's not just your state, it's your city. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a part of it. I said, that's cool. That's impressive. And, and when I had to come back and tell the coaches that he was going to go take a visit there, it was like, damn, because you know me, you know Ty, I always talk about that last visit. You know what can happen on that last trip. That's why I love all these recruits that come to Texas. They get here on the last trip. That's, that's the one that's goal. That's the one where you sell it on the last trip. And Ricky had come here early. Right. You know, he came here real, real early in the process. And when he told me I'm coming, I'm like, cool. I'm still coming out to San Diego 50 times. I'm still making that trip. I was smart you did that. Coming out, I'm still going to make those trips and see you and, and let you know what's going on. But Yeah, I, I, I marveled that from you, Buck, because a lot of coaches don't understand that with Buck, I mean, with excuse me, with Ricky not having a father figure no. and you kind of being that for him. I had to be the one to say no. That's, yeah. what, that's, what, that's what was tough for me because he didn't always like no, and he, and he didn't like it coming from me. Oh, really? Ricky Williams don't like no, really? No, he don't like no. Hell no, he don't like What kid likes no? What 18-year-old kid likes no or 20-year-old kid likes to hear the word no? You know, hell, half the, half the people that have kids these days, you're not even allowed to say no around the kids. Right. Really? Like, hell no. And so, I mean, I, so I, had to, I mean, there was a lot of no's in there, or that dude's direction at times would have been really, really scary. I mean, he was... When he, when he first came, he had a, a time problem. He could never be on time. And you want to ask somebody, ask John Bianco about that over there at the university. That dude couldn't get anywhere on time. He was all, still on California time when he got here. And I had, to, I had to run him up and down the stadium steps, dude. And that, and that was one of those deals where I said, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. Because I had to get my ass up here at 6 o'clock and be here right. running. You know, I don't want to be here. I still want to sleep. And I had to go. And well, He probably just used that as a workout. I'll probably just another workout oh, no. just to get back and by the way, get in the shape. When, when you said run the stadium stairs, that dude ran the stadium stairs. Yeah. I'm like, damn, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. I yeah. just barely got in the car Yo, and drove he, over here. He was probably like, I don't care if I'm late, if they run me or not. Hey, cool, this is just another workout for me. He was maybe one of the most amazing athletes, one of the smartest ones I've ever been around who knew all the positions. He knew all the positions. He didn't know just the running back position. He knew all the Offensive line calls. He knew where this guy was going to go. He knew how this guy was going to step. And I remember guys telling him, well, listen, Ricky, I stepped that way. I'm like, uh-oh, you're telling the wrong dude that. Yeah, because he know the playbook. Because oh, he'll correct you. Yeah. I yeah. didn't mind correcting you. Well, I mean, I know you've talked about on these airways before how other guys in the running back room would look at you and Ricky's relationship and kind of scratch oh. their head like, man, Buck, why do you baby this guy oh, so Holmes much? Was the biggest, uh, Priest, yeah, like, Priest Holmes would say, dude, when are you going to stop treating that guy like he's a baby? I said, never. As long as he's here, he's still going to be a baby. But, like, I mean, if, if you're just a teammate, you don't see the fact that he doesn't, like, have a father and going through these off-the-field things that you see every day and you you and him going to breakfast and stuff. Just It's not necessarily giving them special treatment. It's just certain guys have to be coached in different ways. Well, he needed it. That. And, yeah, he and that's how that Bucky stuff. needed to be coached. He never to, had it. He never had that. Wasn't exactly. Priest like the complete opposite where oh, he was Priest a, mil- was a military man. family, right? Yeah, dad. You know, he was, he was, he didn't, yeah, so Priest that, didn't need, you didn't have to put your arm around him. Yeah, he you definitely didn't, have to didn't talk, get it. You didn't have to talk to him. The best thing about him is you just left him alone. Yeah, military background, you knew, oh. know it used to eat him alive. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, and that's like, what I was thinking. What? He said, what? He said, what are you, what are you doing with this guy? Buck, what are you going to do with him? I said, I'm going to keep on babying him because he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's a baby. I got to treat him like a baby because he's a baby. He'll grow up. 
He'll figure it out. Or maybe he won't. Yeah. But for the time he's here, we need to have him. Yeah, that talent. No, he's, he's baby that talent. No, and I mean there's different guys, you know, like Sean Mitchell from over here on the east side. I mean, that was he was a he was a grown up, but he needed some direction too. You know, he was he went to junior college, came back, and always wanted to go to Texas, didn't have the academics to do it. So I had to be on him. That dude has a degree from the University of Texas. <laughs> I mean a degree. You say that like it was difficult for him. I mean I, I know how hard it was. I know yeah. how hard it was for him. I mean, I had a I had a young man from the Dallas area, Fort Worth area, that was um he had he had uh what is it, a sleeping disorder? Narcolepsy. He had never been he had never been where he would just fall asleep like we have a conversation. That dude used to be in my meetings. And I'd be talking like five minutes into the meeting, his head would be in the playbook, like bang, out. <laughs> And I and I and I look and you know people talked about at the high school about how oh this dude's lazy he's not he's not going to make it academically he's not going to survive it he had never been tested for narcolepsy and I and I after he fell asleep a couple times I said have you ever been tested before for for narcolepsy and he said no coach never and so we got him tested and he had it and all the people that in his high school that told me how lazy he was yeah he had a disorder yeah. he just fell asleep. Right. I mean, because you never see anybody just dead out fall asleep. You see him slowly, Ty, like you see me every once over here, my head will not. This dude went, bam, his head would hit the book. And the whole guy's in there in the meeting would be like, I said, let that dude sleep. He'll be fine. We'll get, I'll get the information to him. But he'd be out. Out. And you didn't want to bother him. You didn't want to shake him. Right. You don't want to shake him. I don't know. I don't know about narcolepsy. Yeah, you shake a guy and have a heart attack. Or you get up swinging. Or dude will have a heart attack. So I, I, I just didn't, I just got it. We got him tested and. Only by, and he graduated from the University of Texas. Wow. You know, I, I had my, my deal about football players was that my biggest contribution to football players was I didn't have a guy who played for me more than five, who played for me five years or more that didn't have a college degree. I had one guy who was at Boston College. I chased him down when I was at the University of Illinois for him to get his degree. I mean, I dogged him. I, he was a smart kid. Right. He was just a knucklehead that didn't really care, but he was smart. Academically, he was really smart. And, because BC was no joke, you had to play school there. As a private school, you had to play school. So, hell, I got through it, thanks to helping my first wife. And that's got to be hard, though. Because I mean, it took me six years in the summer to graduate with a bachelor's degree. And, oh, I went to summer school. I wasn't doing anything. Right down there by Fenway Park, with no air conditioning in the summertime. I spent two summers down there, in in Yawkey Way, going to summer school. I was taking like thirty. One summer, I took almost thirty. I almost took a full year in, Damn. A, in a summer just to. Just to catch back up, because you know I was I was down on West Campus pretending to be a UT student for too too long, and I was like, ah, you know I got to catch up here. And uh, and I feel you. And the best thing I did with my education was the fact that I took a minor in special education, because dude, these dudes learn in different ways. Some guys learn as you have to be able to coach. You have to be able to coach football players in in, in probably any sport. They don't. Everybody doesn't learn the same way. You can't just put the playbook out That's there, right. start talking to them. Read this. Come back tomorrow. Some of them are visual. Some of them you had to get up on the board. Some of them you had to. If they watched film and got it and they saw it, they knew exactly what you were talking about the next day. But you could open up that playbook and show them things, and there were guys that just looked at it and said, "I I can't do it." Yeah. So you had to know. You know had to have skills, and I, and I'm so glad because I I taught in special ed. I I when I had to go to, to to the schools, uh, in Boston and do work with special ed kids, and adults. That's the greatest thing that I ever did. That's the best thing I've ever. That was the best thing I've ever done for myself. 
when just dealing with people, not just football players. Would people just have learning skills and, and different, you know, deficiencies and skills that they learn in different ways? And you can't treat everybody the same. You can't teach them the same. I mean, as I said, you know, Ricky needed certain guidances that other guys didn't have to do them. They had a dad at the house. Right. I didn't need to be. They didn't need coach. They didn't need coach Buck to be their dad. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a dad. Yeah. And that, that's why you were a good coach. The fact that you understand that because a lot of coaches, it's my way or the highway. I try oh, to no. treat everybody the same. And if you want to be successful, you cannot go about it like that. No, you can't. Pe- people aren't the same. You yeah. can't treat everybody the same. It's, it just doesn't work that way. Take a quick break. Sorry with that long winded discussion here, but we that's that's kind of how the weekend will roll at the University of Texas with all these coaches here, but. You know, you got Kyle Shanahan coming, the keynote speaker. You know you want to be sitting down for that. That's right. Hell yeah, and you want to hopefully Kyle will get out there and and get involved in some of the stuff that goes on. That'll be the cool thing when you see that guy on the field, you know, with all the expertise he has to be out there with the wide receivers. If I'm a new wide receiver coach, I beg that dude to come, hey, come over can you Kyle, can you come over here yeah. and talk to these guys well, about certain know, routes well, you and know, stuff? Kyle Shanahan, he also wants to you know, see some guys, so he could call up John Lynch and be like, "Hey, have you seen this guy, Travante Sweat?" By the way, have you this seen this guy's pretty good? Have you seen this left tackle over here that's going to be graduating from here, maybe another after next year? Yeah, imagine, Qu- imagine Quinn years in that offense. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that though everybody gets a gets a good look at it, and especially have a guy like that. That is that's a special bonus, and plus for Sark to have people like that around. I mean, you want to continue to have success. And you're recruiting. That's the best way to bring them in and bring all these coaches from the state of Texas. Take a quick break. Come right back. Zay Collier joining me. Ty Henderson here. It's B&E on a Friday. It's Bucky and Aaron. Welcome back to B&E. Thank you very much for letting me tell those stories, some of those Ricky stories. I got some that I can't tell you, but most of them I, I can tell you and thank you for letting me talk about that it's good to talk about him because he was a fantastic he's a fantastic young young person he's a little bit different but aren't we all so it was it was good to, to have been around him it was good for my kids to be have been around him too because they learned some good stuff they learned some crazy stuff and they learned that people are are different Zay and you know you've heard me talk about other stories that I can't tell on the radio oh terrific but um, it, it's just he just was a special, he was a special person in my life. He really, really was. And as a matter of fact, still is today. You know, we don't talk as often, but, you know, Ricky is now remarried. He's got a, he's got a baby, another baby, another one, and another one. I mean, <laughs> DJ Khaled, another one. <laughs> and another one. But hopefully things are working out right for him. He's in business with my son, and their business is doing well, and they, they continue to, to, my son continues to be very, very close with him. And I'm glad he is, because somebody's got to make sense for that dude. Yeah, somebody Ricky, really, really does. A- absolutely. Ricky's fertile. He, oh, jeez. <laughs> fertile dude. I guarantee you he ain't need no jelly gummies or whatever. So when all that was happening with Miami and he retired, were you talking to him then? Were you in contact with him? I was, all kind of off and on, yeah. How was, what was that like? I mean, it was just it, it was it was it was a struggle for him because football was more important than you think to him. You know, I mean, he'd like for you to think that oh, you know, all these life things and the stars and all that stuff and the weed you know, and stuff. Yeah, is is important to him. But the game of football was very important because you don't you don't do the things and you don't become the kind of guy he was playing the game if it wasn't important to you. You don't you don't you didn't try to figure out every aspect of the game and want to know more about the game if you just was a just. 
you know, I'm just a talent guy. It's just going to happen. That that just that's that was more than talent. That was hard work. Uh, that guy could have been a unbelievable linebacker in in college football. He he played linebacker at at uh, high school. In high school, he played both ways. He was he would just create havoc as a linebacker. I mean, when he blitzed, you didn't have a chance because you're going to run the quarterback down, the running back. You're going to destroy the guard or whoever had to. Pick Were y'all him up. always recruiting them as just a running back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but when he came, he wanted to be all. I mean, he wanted to be. You know, when, when we we used two backs in the backfield, and I made him the fullback the first year. You know, I could have made him the halfback. I could have made him anything, but we were doing a lot of two back stuff. Yeah, big reason why he didn't I, get his thousand yards. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dude, I really, I seriously, I was never paying attention to that. I, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. I As really, a good coach, you should be focused on the game. That's somebody else's job to come let you know, yo, Ricky needs about thirty or so. Let's get it for him. Ten. If, if ten. Someone, that's it. If Ricky, somebody would have told me that, he would have got 10. He would have got 10. Nobody yeah. told you. It's not your fault. We're playing against Texas A&M. You think I was caring about 10 Oh, yards? hell no. Yeah, you can't be. No. You, you can't, can't be worried about that. You can't do that. that. And just like for tonight, Coach Terry can't be worried about getting close and worry about a job. He needs to be winning the, winning the basketball game, and this team needs to be winning the basketball game tonight. There's a lot going on in this game for the Texas Longhorns. This is, this is not just for his future. This is the future of basketball here. Coming up tonight, this is a big opportunity. I got to believe for Texas, you know, to get to the Elite Eight. That, that's a monster for this group, and it just doesn't happen. I mean, after this year, you know, things will change here. Guys that are in their fifteenth year will have to leave. Not all of them get to stay. Not on this squad. There will be a lot of there will be a lot of changes, and you want to continue on. You just don't want to have that one year, and then all of a sudden say, okay, basketball. You know me. I've been saying basketball. They don't like basketball here. Yeah, you well, told the last head coach that. Christopher Beard caused him to lose his mind. <laughs> Told him the damn truth and he lost his mind. You know? Did you tell him on on, on here that they don't like yeah, basketball? He what did he say? It was, he was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. It was like a three second dead air silence. He didn't know what to say. Beard didn't know what to say. I just said it. I said, you know, they don't like basketball here that much. Yeah, he's like, he was like, basically, Coach, I appreciate what you're doing here, trying to get the culture and bring everybody together, but you know, they don't like basketball here. And Beard's like, what? He was like real quiet. I was like, damn. <laughs> we used to have him, what was it? Did we have him every Thursday or something? Like we have Coach Pierce? Yeah, that stopped. Yeah. That stopped. Yeah. He <laughs> made him lose his mind. Lose his mind man. And stuff after that. But yeah, for the for the basketball team, this is good. This is this about your future here, you know. Right. This is. I mean, there's no better time for the future than the present, and that's t- that will be tonight. I mean, I expect a really good game out of this group tonight. I well, I expect one thing. I do expect them to play that kind of defense that they've been playing, and that's that's an elite level defense. And this time of the year, this is where you have to play. You got to be the best. You, you got to play what your conference is like. And this is a this Big Twelve is a conference filled with great defensive teams. And great offensive physical teams. Texas is a real physical team offensively, Zay, I believe. Yeah. And that's why I think that when I say guys are going to the boards, this isn't about big men. I mean, they, these guys aren't going to be seven-footers tonight. All of a sudden they show up. They've been what they are. But what they are is they have this ability to understand the game that we have to rebound. We have to get to the board. We can't give up second shots. We can't give up a bunch of tip-ins. And that's why I, that's, that's what I like about the guards here. This isn't just a, a bunch of three-point shooters. These are guys that have to defend the, the best players on the other team, joining guards in the Big 12. But it's also a group that not, not only do I have to defend, i got to go rebound. I can't be running out 
and, and, and fast breaks and making layups and dunks and all that stuff. When this group was a bunch of high flyers, you know, at the, the times when, when Tom Penders was here, the, the fun days, everybody called it the I mean, yeah, running horn the, days. The running horn. And them guys weren't going to no rebounds. They were off. <laughs> guys were like at half court. Guys were at half court, Zay. Yeah, they were putting up 90 oh. and stuff. They were running. But this group will go to the rim. I like them. I like, I like the physicality of this team, especially on the offensive end. They miss a shot. They're all headed to the boards. They get second and third shots. But what they don't give you from a, an opposing team, they don't give you two and three shots at the basket. Right. You may get a one and done. You may get a, 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 a off a long three-point rebound. They may get it every once in a while. But for the majority of the time, this group rebounds really, really well. And I think that's what's important this time of year right now. No second shots. You're not getting a second shot. If you miss that three-pointer or you miss that 15-footer and it comes off the rim, that's our ball now. Absolutely, and that's how you win this time of the year, like you said, Buck. And at a certain point of the season, we didn't know if we were going to get that consistently. We didn't know right. if the rebounding would be a big factor for the Horns because they were getting beat on the boards. You just you didn't see Dylan Sue playing the way that he did. Christian Bishop, same with him. And now those guys are playing at such a high level, especially right. the Sioux, the 28-10 he gave against Penn State. That's still amazing to this day. Here we are on Friday, and we're yeah, still and talking I don't know about if Chris, it. I don't know if Chris Beer would ever brought that out in an offensive I, I think about that all the time, too. We know that this team isn't the same defensively as they were with Coach Beard, but mm-hmm. offensively, yeah, I don't know if he would have gotten the what we've seen out of the game. bigs. because. If Coach Terry's done that Coach Beard didn't, he wouldn't play Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop together. You know, we've seen so many different lineups with Coach right. Terry and this coaching staff, and you got to salute them for doing that. And that, I think that's what's made Texas so versatile all around. Took the think, chances on guys. Yeah, that sometimes they could play small. Sometimes you could have Brock Cunningham and Timmy Allen be your 4-5 power forward center. Sometimes you could have Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSue be your 4-5 center. It doesn't matter depending on the game flow. So that makes it hard for the opposing team to scout you because you don't know what you're getting. It's just all about how the game flows and what you know, what Coach Terry, sure. the adjustment that he makes each time out, halftime, etc. And the coaching staff done a really good job at that. But at the end of the day, if you're Sean Miller, if you're Miami or Houston, if Texas advances, how to beat Texas is getting them on the offensive boards. You gotta, you gotta attack them on the boards, and with the way these officials are calling it, it favors Texas because oh, they let them play. You they know, let them play. Ain't, they ain't calling nothing in this tournament. I, They're letting them play, and Texas they've gotten into foul trouble a lot this year. At is times. this just? Is, am I just imagining? I haven't seen a tournament play like this officiated where guys are getting knocked to the ground. Oh no! You, you're gonna you're gonna have to earn your rebound. You're gonna have to earn your shots. I don't care if they tip you in the fingers or on your elbows. You better be stronger. Yeah, they're just kind of letting a lot of play go. That's how it needs to be. Because the Tennessee Volunteers got away with that the other day. Um, when they played Duke, they just physically beat them up. Right, and that when old boy last night in Tennessee when he threw that elbow. That changed the game because that made the refs say, "Okay, we got to really start paying attention." And then. FAU started getting foul calls. Ah. So if he didn't throw that elbow, who knows what would have happened there. But that game was slipping away from Rick Barnes' crew anyway. But still, yeah, they're not calling nothing. And Texas could be as physical as they want to be. Uh, Xavier's defense is not what Texas' defense is. 
you could get buckets on Xavier. You right. Know, Sule Boom. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to guard you like that. Kunkel, he don't want to guard you like that. Kobe Jones is solid. Jack Nunji, same with him. He's a little slow-footed. Kobe can play some defense. He he's can a, play some He's deep. an all-around really good. He scares me. Yeah, he's an all-around really good basketball he's player. He's their, like, NBA guy. He really scares but me What you can't six, let him six. do is, is get hot right. on the offensive end because it picks up every part of his game. Is if he hits a couple because he'll go out there to the three point line, he'll do everything. But he will go, he will go to the basket. He, he likes going to the free throw line too. Yeah, he will. And he's so. got that kind of body. Yeah, and that's Timmy Allen's matchup tonight. Timmy Timmy Allen was great on Jalen Pickett. He was great on him. Only one assist, eleven points. He completely took Pickett out the game. Yeah, and... I gave it to my friends from from Penn State about that. I'm like, <laughs> dude, your your guy is going to try to be NBA guy, and then he gets down there from a five footer and he can't finish hitting the bottom of the rim. I'm like, what is that? He looks bigger, but he's only 6'2". That's, that's what I thought. I mean, people kept saying he's like 6'5". I said, that guy's he not... looks bigger. I'm not. Jalen Pickett looks huge out there. And his ass ain't that big. Everybody's talking about he got a bigger... No, he's not that big. <laughs> he is, though. It's just he's not that tall. And Timmy Allen at 6'5", who's not the tallest either, he had the height advantage. So it was tough. Those little gimme shots that he missed down yeah, low. missed a bunch of those at the end. It, yeah, it, it was tough. And Timmy Allen's defense... Throughout the season, he's always guarded the best player. Guard Keontae Johnson, guard Jalen Wilson. So guarding Kobe Jones, that's going to be nothing for him. He's seen it. Kobe and, Jones moves a lot better than that dude did. Then who? Then the guy from Penn State. The oh, old, yeah, back yeah. you up into the post guy? Yeah, because their offense is different. Yeah. You know, that, that offense for Penn State is kind of, you know, the ball's going to be shooters. in Pickett's hands. So you're doing a lot of on-ball defense. For Jones, he's going to be off-ball a lot because yes. the ball's going to be in boom. So Timmy's going to be out of the paint? Yeah. Yeah, so Please Timmy's keep gonna, him out of the paint. Yeah, so Timmy's going to have to watch the cuts and the back doors and stuff and keep guys in front of him, of course. But, yeah, Kobe Jones, he's going to be an NBA player. He'll be drafted this year. Yeah, it, it looks like in the tournament, Ty, I don't know if you noticed. I mean, that, some of the, there's some high-scoring games in this tournament. Last night had a bunch of really kind of high scores. They, they're just kind of letting you play basketball right now this time of the year. Just in this round. I, I feel like every under has hit. In the first two rounds, but yeah, last night for sure it was. A you think they started scoring starting in the lead eight, started to tighten that up a little bit? No, today? no, you let them play. The rest they do not want to be involved as much as possible. And we don't want them involved. Yeah, we definitely don't want them involved. So yeah, let them play. I like the way they've been calling it, and Texas should be used to it being in the Big Twelve. All right, we will take a phone call on, on the next break. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back five one two four four seven three seven seven six is our telephone number. Specs text line. You know how I feel about you. 512-337-3776. It's B&E Friday morning. What's hot? And what's not? Welcome back to B&E. It is Friday morning, and Zay Collier has joined me. So a lot of hot has been going on. I don't know about a lot of not. I guess the not was me watching Court TV once again yesterday for two hours as I was trying to watch golf. You're talking about slow and non-movement. Watching court TV and watching golf is not – that's not good for you. There's no physical yeah, – you're really showing your age here, man. No, well, you know, I don't what watch – What you mean, no court TV, you know, I don't, I don't watch, golf, I don't watch, together? I don't watch the ladies' shows. I don't watch, like, home cooking things, you know. Oh, you're not I, an HD TV no, or I, cooking well, channel? No, I am. I'm an HD TV. I, I, I watch that now. <laughs> HD TV. You can't say I'm not like uh-uh. ladies and then say I watch HD TV. Those I, things I, don't make sense. I watch that. I watch that. I mean, I I, I get all of the lighting for my gardening and stuff like that from HD TV. I, I do that. Like tips and stuff. Oh, yeah. I got, I got to work that. You, you watch the Twin Brothers? 
No, I don't know if those guys are really related. What do you mean? They, they're twins. I always tell that to my wife. I said, no. She, I said, no. Doesn't the one. They look exactly alike. One's do? a little more country and the other one's the suit. Those dudes married. One's got a girlfriend or something, right? <laughs> I don't know what it means. Why? Is there no, no, there's nothing. There something there's going nothing. on no, that you're no, thinking? No, I'm, I'm always thinking of something. But yeah. I just don't know. Do those dudes have like families and stuff? I, or they just go around fix, fixing things up? They're good See, Chip dudes. and JoJo, I got them. I got their deal. Right. I mean, that's money in the family. But do those two dudes, like, do they like share stuff? I'm sure they, don't they share do. Like, wives, do this. It's okay. not like a, It's not like a Mormon thing or something, right, is it? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't sisters, be on TV. wives, or whatever they call them. It's not right. No. Okay. I just want to make sure. Property brothers. The property right. brothers. Yeah, that's <laughs> them. I don't watch the property brothers. What about what about like my 700 pound life? You like I, those? No, I don't. I don't, I I feel bad. That that makes me feel too bad. Yeah, I can't watch. How that How can either. you feel bad? Or for those pimple people. poppers and stuff. Oh. I can't watch oh. that stuff. I, it's just, you know, I say a prayer for them, but I I just can't. I can't sit there and watch them on TV. I, can't, I just can't do it. I feel so bad. I mean, you know how we try to stay away from that, that the F word, you know, the other F word, you know, people that get to be larger and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, I, Ty, you don't know this, but there was a, a guy who I met away from the station who said, you know, who, who was sitting here talking to me and said, I am so thankful that you, you really have decided not to use that word fat. He said, because... I was overweight, he said, and I, was, I, I had been to the point where I was thinking about committing suicide. And he said, and I listened to your show, and you guys used to just say the word, and we used to blurt it out. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you your st- ass is fat. I mean, we used to just say stuff <laughs> like that. You still, we don't say the you word still fat. You still call people large no, and Lizzo no, no, all no, the time. Yeah, no. I'm so tired of y'all bagging Lizzo. That needs to stop. Well, I tried I, to do that. Now, Ty doesn't even do anything anymore. I used to be the producer. Every time you and E used to bag Lizzo, I always had her back. Stop it. I don't, but we she's don't very use talented. that word. What we say, she's, she's, she's sexy. Extreme. She is sexy. She's got it all. She talent, sex appeal. And you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, okay, but, that's yo. nothing wrong with that. But Ain't nothing wrong with Lizzo. But, Come but on this now. guy was crying to me, Ty, and just thanking me for not trying to use that word. So we'll say, you know, round shoulder, round shoulder. You know, because there are a lot of people that are round shoulder. There's some people that do struggle with you know with their weight with their weight and it's not it doesn't have nothing to do with what they eat it's just you know their natural makeup right that's just the way they are that's where they are i can't gain weight i've been trying for now years to get to be 175 that's all i want to be in my life i want to be my wife looks at me she i hit that scale and that thing says 156 (laughs) on a good day and she goes it's a damn shame i married this old skinny ass guy i'm like i'm trying to get to but here i am i'm trying to get to one i'm Here's what I'd like to go. 165. If I was a constant 165 when I came out of the shower, or even if I had clothes on and boots on, I'd get to 165. That would make my life. I would, that's all I want to be. You don't eat, though. You need to get on that Bryce Young plan. You see, his weight was right at the combine. They like that. Getting the need to get on that blue chew <laughs> and get my energy level up so <laughs> I can eat. That's the wrong way. I need to get that blue chew. Come on, hard, hard ball. Hook me up now. Here we go. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. B&E, Friday morning.